Welcome and thank you for listening to the Murphy's Law EPL podcast. This is episode three, covering the fixtures from week three. I'm your guest host, Theo Guest, and I'm here with... Michael Murphy. And Joe Murphy. All right, we got the Murphy boys back together again. And uh, we realized in our first two episodes that we didn't really cover too much background about who we are. So we're just going to give a quick introduction a little bit into you know our lives and who we are, both as football fans and just as human beings. Uh, so for myself... I'm Theo Guest, and I'm from, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, came out to Minnesota, which is where we are now, met Joe in college, uh, playing a little bit of Ultimate Frizz, mm-hmm. and uh, rooming together now, mm-hmm. playing soccer, watching soccer every single weekend, so that's how we got into this. Joe, exactly. you want to take it from there? Yeah, uh, me and Theo have been living together for a few months, uh, worked through some early kinks, everything's going pretty well. Uh I've been following Swansea for last, uh, say, six or seven years. I don't know exactly. Um, and just been thinking that this would be a great idea to start a podcast, especially with my little brother, Michael Murphy, who's, I think I, when I first had the idea, you were 10. But as all great ideas do, that took a little while. And two years later, now we are here and you are 12. Michael, do you have anything to add about your lively 12-year-old life quick? Uh, this is my fourth year as a city fan. Uh, I started in 2015-16. Uh, yeah, I just like playing soccer, watching soccer, and yeah. It's a bright up-and-coming talent if anyone's looking for a winger, striker, or a low work rate midfielder. Michael's <laughs> ready to <laughs> fill in for your squad, so <laughs> feel free to reach out to us at Murphy's Law EPL Podcast on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that kind of covers it. Like, yeah. like we mentioned in past episodes, looking to do this um, weekly, covering specifically the English Premier League, and then we'll kind of do one segment that so far we've named uh, Soccer 101. Football with, 101. Oh, Football 101 with Soccer Einstein, which is Michael, just to make it as confusing as possible with both uh. Uh, terms. And then run through last week's fixtures, the upcoming fixtures, a little update on Swansea for me, and... Yeah, and then we'll also be tracking how we do on our predictions, and that'll be coming up at the end of the episode. So. And and we'll have a break in the middle for yeah, we our take a break Philadelphia where we, cream cheese ad. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be where the Philadelphia cream cheese ads will be. Um, when we stop recording, if anyone is curious, usually we like to refresh ourselves with a nice warm bagel with cool, cool Philadelphia mm-hmm. cream cheese and Philadelphia <laughs> branded locks. Also today I learned Panera doesn't have locks. And thus, they will never be a sponsor of this podcast until they get salmon. All right. Who knows how much of that will get cut out of this, and let's uh, get straight into it, I suppose. All right. We're going to go ahead and get started with our uh, Football 101 segment. Mike's going to talk to us a little bit about transfers, how they differ. In American sports, we don't really have much of this. In baseball, I can think of one example, which is when players get bought over from like the Japanese league, I know when that happens, we have to pay a fee to their team. But mm-hmm. there's not a lot of similarities here in the U.S., so Mike, please shed a little bit of light on this. Unlike in American sports and other sports, uh, in like just say the NFL, you can trade uh, like future draft picks or draft picks for the current year, or you can trade other players to get uh, players and draft picks. But in soccer, I mean, you can trade players, but that doesn't really happen very often necessarily. 
So more likely you would pay a certain amount, the club would accept the fee, and then you would uh, negotiate the player's wages. There are certain clauses occasionally in contracts, like a release clause, whereas, for example, Neymar, uh, when he was at Barcelona, he had a £222 million release clause, uh, and PSG paid that out, so Barcelona got no say in whether or not he went to PSG. It was up to him and PSG. So there can be release clauses. Then there's also loan moves, which I know personally my dad was kind of confused how they worked uh, when he was first kind of getting into soccer. Uh, so basically, certain clubs, usually bigger clubs with younger players that are like promising, but they're probably not going to get to play that much uh, during the season for the bigger clubs, so they can send them out on loan, so the, the mm. player still belongs to the club that's loaning them out, but they play for a certain other club. Uh, for example, Chelsea loan out a lot of players quite often. Um, and then an example? Oh, um, Matt Miazga, the American center back, who's not really incredibly young anymore, but... He's like 24, isn't he? Yeah, but whatever. Anyways... <laughs> So you can go out for a one-year loan, two-year loan. Usually those are the only, or maybe six months. Uh, that happens in January usually. Daniel Sturridge went to West Brom for the last six months this season last year. And then there can be um, uh, clauses for, there can be options to buy. And then there can also be uh, obligations to buy mm-hmm. at the end of the loan. So It's as complex as any kind of contract law can get. If you want to have it in where... If I loan Michael from Theo, if I loan Michael Murphy from Everton, and Theo will put this contract together, it'd be if I play him in say twenty five percent of matches or twenty five matches, or um, you can do it as Scores complex as you goals. want. Yeah, I mean that that would be pretty rare. That's more of a financial thing. There's but... a heavy incentive aspect to each of these contracts based on performance, amount of play, amount of time play. All I would... those things affect the way the contract ends up playing out. I would say they can. I definitely right, right. think you see you see with different clubs like Chelsea, for example. I would not expect to have something like that. They're pretty, like, take our player and pay some of the wages. Great. Whereas with, um, like, an example would be kind of the loan signings that Darby has made under uh, Frank Lampard, like Mason Mount. Exactly, like a Mason Mount. Like they're not sending him there just like oh hope he gets some playing time. Chelsea would send him there because they know he's going to get a lot of playing time under their former like all-time leading goal scorer and get a lot of really good formative experience from that. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add, really? Would you say that if there is an obligation to buy a clause in that contract that you'll get a better price up front than if there's an option to buy? Because with an option to buy... If there's an obligation to buy, it would benefit, it would benefit the selling club with right. the uh, option to buy... <clears throat> It would benefit the loaning the, club, the club that's getting the player, right? Because right. that way they can that's say, right. "Hey, yeah, we yeah, want exactly. to get Oh, definitely. Back. Then you can see deals where it's player will get loaned out, and like Michael was saying, like five or seven million or some kind of small amount. If they're really developmental, they really grow a lot because they're getting a ton of playing time, which is the whole point. And then you see, like, oh, this player is really good. They've got a lot of potential. They're probably worth like in the modern could jump to like fifteen or something. And sweet, you scoop them up for seven and a half. Opposite side of that would be like when Man City, who loaned Nastasic to Schalke, and they ended up hitting the amount of games played um, marker, and this the sale went through. Um, and because of that, they I would assume Schalke got more of a raw deal on that than um, City. 
Awesome. I have one more thing I wanted to mention about it also, because just in case people are curious about this, this is something that I've only recently learned, but definitely makes sense, is that if a player gets loaned out from any club or from, you know, we've been using Chelsea a lot as an example, so I'll just continue <laughs> that, but... They do have the most players on loan of basically usually. anyone in Europe, so that's a good example, but go on. If Chelsea loans out a player, that player then in turn won't play against Chelsea in those matches that year. That's just a which Brit- is an British off- thing, though. Okay, which, That's okay. the interesting example. My favorite example of that is also Chelsea, uh, mm-hmm. is when Chelsea played Atletico in the Champions League a couple years ago, like the year oh, before. Oh, to sit out? Yeah, no, he didn't sit out. That UEFA, we were like, no, he can play if they want, and Atletico were making a run. At, I think that was the year they went to the final of the Champions League, mm-hmm. so they weren't just like, sure, we'll sit our starting goalie. Like yeah. They played him. I think he played really well, and then they went on obviously to end up losing in the final to Real. But yeah, that definitely. In, but that is a very real thing. Like today, Swansea played Crystal Palace, and local sack of crap uh, Jordan <laughs> Ayew wasn't able to play against us because he was forced to loan move out. And I hope he doesn't dress for the rest of the season. So I don't know, a little, little bitterness there. But yeah. Um, it's at least I know for the most part in England it's up to the loaning club so if they don't want to come up against him they don't have to also normally the only reason you get loaned out is if you're young and not playing very much but sometimes for example James Rodriguez uh, last summer went on loan from Real Madrid for two years to Bayern Munich Um, I'm not 100% sure that they've uh, purchased him permanently they They have have not Uh, I think they probably have a relatively slightly cheaper um, option to buy. But anyways, so usually you either are young, probably will end up coming back to the club. But if you're older, for example, uh, James Rodriguez, it's because you're not playing very much and the club knows you're good, so they don't want to sell you. And they're hoping maybe they can get you back. But realistically, James Rodriguez, in my opinion, will probably end up being a Bayern Munich player. So basically, if you're getting a not as young player on loan, you're probably going to end up keeping them, or the other club at least just won't, won't end up keeping them. Mm-hmm. I think, just quick hot take, I think Hamas will end up going to PSG next summer in part of the Real Buys Neymar deal, but we'll just play this clip back. So we're going to jump right into uh, the fixtures from last week. Transfers are a really complicated process that, that we can talk about a little bit more, but I love talking about and hearing hearing about transfers, ones that are going on and the way it works, talking about the windows in general, so we'll definitely come back to it again as well. But so the first fixture we're going to talk about, probably the one that's on a lot of football fans' minds, is Manu losing at home again and being shut out at home and losing by a wide margin, so... 3-0, Tottenham yeah. over Man United. I mean, Tottenham is a fantastic team, but, but Man U shouldn't be losing games 3-0. They have the highest payroll in the EPL. With that comes the scrutiny of being the highest, right. you know, the team of the highest value. This is just like the Yankees can never lose. Growing up in New York is so frustrating being a Yankees fan. They never develop a player because they will always trade a prospect to get an established player. And right. Man U is kind of caught in a weird situation and... Their coaching and player dynamic is crap. What do you guys think? Right. Um, yeah, just uh, I thought it was really interesting to see how the fans reacted with uh, sacked in the morning was what everyone was singing at Old Trafford. I think probably it was started by Spurs fans, mostly the Spurs fans, but it was 
pretty loud and I was obviously watching on TV and it was like probably an 8 or 9 out of 10 as far as like volume of um, chants you can hear on TV because you could like hear it pretty clearly what they're saying. So I think probably quite a few United fans uh, joined in on that. Mm-hmm. Obviously in reference to Jose Mourinho. Um, I thought his, his press conference was uh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a very interesting take on the game. Uh, I thought it was uh, kind of... I thought they played tactically. I thought tactically they were fine. Yeah, I thought but, Spurs played really well. Uh, there were a few mistakes that kind of let United down, mm-hmm. but overall I really didn't think Spurs played 100 times better than them or yeah, totally th- killed them. I think Spurs played really well, though. I think they both sure. played fine. I think Spurs are another level with Musa Dembele kind of bossing the midfield with possession. There are a few really nice plays he had. Lucas Moura looked great. Lucas Moura looked really fast, really involved. Like, he had a full preseason, which obviously he did with them, so that's a big... Um, and obviously they saved a ton of money on him, the kind of back to transfers where um, if they had tried to buy him two years ago when he was coming, or three years ago when he was coming from Brazil, that's much more money being spent when PSG bought him. But um, I was impressed by him, and I thought... Harry um, Kane scored a ridiculous header. Yeah, I don't know Harry, how he got that much power on it. Kane scored a nice goal. Um, I don't know, one thing I... And heard in the week, um, just kind of talking about Mourinho more about kind of the third season syndrome, which I always had taken as something real and much more substantial than it turns out it really was. Uh, I've just this written down as a note. Mourinho's third season uh, at Porto, he won the Champions League, the Portuguese League, and lost in the Portugal Portuguese Cup final. Uh, the first time he was at Chelsea in his third season, he won the FA and the FA and the League Cup finished second in the Premier League, and lost in the semifinal of the Champions League. And then the third season at Real, they he won the Supercopa, lost in the final of the Copa del Rey, finished second in the league, and semis of the Champions League. So other than the one really, really huge meltdown of a se- third season at Chelsea... The second and, time. Yeah, the second time. And no. what I would... I, would consider sort of a meltdown going on right now. Um, so then is he I had mean, it's a, a misnomer. Has he had a fourth season at all those clubs that he won those trophies? Yeah, at? I mean, he inevitably completely melts down. I will not argue on but, that point. But did he get, did he get sat? Is, I think has that, he only been sacked uh, once in his third season? He would have left, I think after his third season at Porto, he left for Inter. After his third season at Chelsea, he ended up melting down. And then they won the Champions League under Di Matteo and... So he fourth. didn't win it though. It was no, technically he didn't, but it was his team. I don't know. I would. I think Di Matteo gets too much credit. And then, uh, I think he. Will, I'm not sure on the um, third Real season. Oops. Next up, we're Maybe. gonna go. Uh, well, to their crosstown rivals, but the game wasn't across town. We're gonna look at Wolverhampton versus City. City dropped their first uh, couple points. I mean, still got a result, but not a winning result. Mm-hmm. Mike, how do you feel about it? Uh, bias warning. Um, oh, God. Well, Wolves' goal, in my opinion, was slightly offsides. That was a difficult call because I think Doherty got a slight touch on it, and when he touched it, uh, Bowie was offsides. It would be a really hard call in real time, but I do think yeah. you're right that it was But also, if they had VAR, they would have realized that he kind of punched the ball into the net with his hand. It hit off his hand, yeah. And I really don't think there was very much contact on his head, and if there was, it wouldn't have put it in. Mm-hmm. So I think his hand was for sure the, the leading contact that put it in the net, which sounds like a handball to me. Even if it was unintentional, he's still the reason that the ball went in was his hand. Bias warning still in effect. Also, it was 
kind of just unlucky. Obviously, City hit the post. Aguero hit the post. Then Sterling's uh, heck of a shot. They hit it four times. Three times. times. Uh, Sterling's heck of a shot was an insane save by Patricio into the crossbar. And then, obviously, Aguero had the free kick with, like, the last kick of the game, and he shattered the crossbar into a million pieces. I do have that down that that Rui Patricio looked good for Wolves. Mm -hmm. I thought Wolves also played well in that they did what... Teams did last year successfully to City, which is actually trying to play against them. Not yeah, that like, I agree. Not that they're gonna probably beat them doing that, but it, instead of part, yeah, I don't yeah, think exactly. I don't think sitting back really is gonna work for ninety minutes against Pep. I think he'll just break you down eventually. I think it really depends. I I do think that it can work. I think it depends on the team. But if you're a team like Wolves or like a Leicester, yeah, or I think if like I a think... De- like Watford, like a decent team. Coming out and playing a little bit isn't a terrible idea. Yeah, I think basically, my opinion is the way if you're if the way that you play. Let's just take Brighton for example. If the way that you play is not necessarily an expansive attacking uh, football or soccer, I think against the big teams you have to play to your strengths there. But I think if you're like a Wolves, Wolves aren't gonna sit back against Watford or something mm-hmm. or. Newcastle, so I think Wolves should treat City as another team and maybe not attack as much. But I really mm-hmm. don't think you should put them the players out of the comfort zone by saying, "Okay, defend, defend fullback defend, A, right. you can't bomb forward at all." Mm-hmm. When that's well, he's been he's like your leading assister or whatever. Right. Um, one other last note I had for this one before we move on was how easy that City goal looked. Um, well, one yeah, how weird header. Gundogan looked with his short haircut, uh, oh. but. Not really the point. Uh, so I don't know. He. Um, oh, and wait, David was, Silva had a clear penalty, by the way. I no, it was a flop. No, it was a definite penalty. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, um, well, it was a but, definite penalty. Ruben Neves kind of trapped him down in the box. Oh, this is going to get cut out. Um, yeah, one other thing I wanted to note was just how easy the city goal looked with Gundogan standing over it. He just swooped it right in. Laporte, showing his class, came in, finished it off. I mean, it looked super tremendously easy. I would not be surprised mm-hmm. to see that kind of connection happening more. Um, all in all, you can't be too bummed about it, though, right? Yeah, so I think Laporte really showed his class, and I, I think, I honestly think he's the best center back at this club right now. I think Stones is a good mm-hmm. Otamendi. Yeah. We haven't really seen much of yet this season, and obviously Company's a, a class doing. player, but. Mm-hmm kind of injury prone and getting old and I think Laporte is Club young match. not injury prone calm on the ball and really class you know we've covered uh, the entire city of Manchester so let's go down to uh, one with Everton the 2-2 draw that ended in a 10 on 10 battle um, I was okay with it I didn't like either red card frankly but I guess the rules are the rules I think those little head nudges are not too bad but I think it's just, rules are in place for a reason. Okay, yeah, exactly. The rules are in place for a reason. It's a gray area where, like, if I do that to you and you're really tough and you're fine versus if I do it to Michael and he is not necessarily more of a wimp and reacts more, but what if I, like, what if the person has a stronger neck? Like, just because, like, you can't, you can't write the rules specifically, like, okay, you have to headbutt him this hard to have it be a red card. If you right. move your head aggressively towards an opponent... It should be a red card. And uh, I mean, because they were already, they were already standing force. there. They're already standing there with their foreheads touching. Yeah. So but, it's not like he like head butted him. It wasn't like right, Zidane. Zidane in two thousand six. Yeah. Right. But I, mean, I think I think it just opens up for 
the possibility of something like that right. happening. You don't need it didn't hit him that hard. He just fell down. Yeah. One thing I did have down from this match was the Michael Keane injury, which no one likes to see. Mm-hmm. He had a hairline fracture in his skull, I want to say. It was at the preacher, that's right. Um, definitely was his head. Kind of, He ran into Idrisa Gay um, going up for a header late on in the match and had to get stretchered and everything off with uh, oxygen mask and whatnot, which is never what you want to see, especially after he scored his first Premier League goal, I think, ever, but definitely for Everton. So Yeah, also I just wanted to note, in his goal, I thought Asmir Begovic looked incredibly, incredibly poor in that yeah. game. His goal was really bad. So what happens when you take a year off to put, to not play at Chelsea, right? Or you're two years. Just not playing for a while can't be good for an aging goalkeeper. Right, but career. he also played all of last year for Bournemouth. Yeah, okay, fair. Well, cut out my argument then. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to note how sweet the Everton jerseys were, although Michael's not sure. In the I don't end. know. I think part of me thinks yeah, they're cool. Part of me thinks they're kind of too much. Yeah. Um, I was out of town. I'm going to need to take more of a look into very fair into the unis. But yeah. Do you I have anything like else you want to do? Or are you good? No, I'm, I think that's good for us. I'm happy with the result. They're doing okay. Everton's looking fine so far. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have Fulham Burnley. 4-2 win for Fulham. Finally coming out of their shell a little bit. Sari's goal was was gorgeous. Mitrovic mm-hmm. got two. Yeah, Mitrovic looked great. Yeah, Mitrovic looked good. Um, sure I was actually kind of impressed with Joe Hart with a few saves down low, which you don't usually see from him or any kind of saves really. So I think Joe Hart's good for him. I honestly think Joe Hart's pretty underrated. I think he's. I don't think he's amazing, rubbish, but. but I think for sure he gets a lot more crap than he deserves. Yeah, a goalkeeper with two legs could come out and punch either Mitrovic's goal. The Vieto one, no one closes down Vieto, so it's not really Joe Hart's fault. But this, the first one was at the back post, like, within the six-yard box. Okay, a whatever. Couple strides. I mean, I don't know. Joe, I watched Joe Hart a lot when he was playing for Torino, and he really showed how crappy he was then. Um, yeah, but... But that's not really the point. I mean, uh, I think for but, City, when, when he won the league both times, I thought he was... A yeah. Oh, I think he used to be great. Yeah, I think. I don't he, think. I think he's not anymore. But not really the focus. I mean, I think he definitely is one of the better Premier League goalkeepers of all time. I mean, just make what? a face, but he's won two Premier Leagues. That's like the CV thing. Like he's got a good resume of of having two That's rings. That's like the Robert or Ory thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can have a ton of rings and still. I mean, he was good when he was at his top, Whatever. and then he's crashed really hard and shown how quickly English goalkeepers can decline but um, yeah I didn't really have too much to add other than Fulham looked great good possession looking forward to their season yeah nothing Burnley look continue to look weak so far on there yeah got a big match for them coming up on Thursday hopefully they can pull off the win against Olympiacos at uh, Turf Moor seems like it might be beneficial for them to just Get, get on out there. of the no. league and and save themselves from being relegated. I mean, that definitely will help, but at the same time, I mean, it's been it three weeks, so like, if they did, though. they look really poor so far in the at least in the Premier League. But there's a lot of time left in the season. It's not like you know, it's not like things that their fates has yeah. not been sealed. But yeah, I thought they, they looked a look little sharp. more lively this week. But I definitely agree <laughs> that they've not they've looked off the pace from how they used to play last or how they played last year at the very least. So agreed, absolutely. Yeah. Watford and uh, Crystal Palace. We got up next. Watford, one of four teams capturing all the points possible so far. Mm-hmm. Attack looks strong still. Yeah, I I watched this game. This was this took you straight back to 
like the 80s where it was raining super hard it was raining everywhere this weekend crunching tackles Mm -hmm. i don't know how etienne kapu didn't get sent off he absolutely stamped wilfred zaha who has a very interesting history with watford in the premier league because two years ago uh, back when he still had kind of just a flat haircut and not the crazy one. But anyway. <laughs> the fuck? Um, uh, Cut this part out. Um, but yeah, he has kind of an interesting history um, with Watford because two years ago, their pretty infamous mascot, Harry the Hornet, who's been known to celebrate with them during goals and stuff, uh, uh, Zaha uh, dove in the game, and then after the game, he was uh, walking like to the tunnel and Harry the Hornet ran up by him and uh, jumped on the ground like uh, Luis Suarez did um, yeah. against Everton. I can definitely confirm Harry the Hornet is an unsavory character. <laughs> uh, when I was at a match in Vicarage Road three years ago now, Swansea were playing them, and they scored a penalty, and he did the Baffa Timby Gomez, like Black Panther, which I guess has a different connotation now with the movie. But the kind of crawling on all fours thing that Gomius did, he was doing that to the Watford fans, slash sort of at the Swansea fans, and there were a lot of very, very not pleased Welshmen from that. So. <laughs> and that's coming from, I mean, Swansea fans have a pretty high tolerance for that, since we've got Cyril Swan causing mm-hmm. mischief. Right. But, yeah, didn't he uh, fight someone one time? Yeah, Cyril Swan is always getting up to hijinks, a little less so mm-hmm. nowadays. But one note I had down from the Watford-Crystal Palace game, other than I agree with Michael on just kind of how it how it played out, really aggressive also, rivalry. Kapu should have gotten sent off. Mm-hmm. But I thought um, Ben Foster played really well. I didn't mm-hmm. really even realize that he signed for Waffles, as Michael called them in a text message this week. It auto-corrected <laughs> it. Yeah, but I thought that's a really big upgrade for Watford. Um, From Costel uh, Pentiliman or yeah, or Gomez, just or, two former uh, Premier League rejects. What was the Greek no. one that they had on loan last no, year? Costel Pentiliman. Oh, Karn... Uh, or he, Teases Carnitius, I think it is. He plays for Nap. He's on loan at Napoli now. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really rate him very highly, but yeah, I anyways, I I well, also a big upgrade. I also wanted to note, Etienne <clears throat> Capu was obviously lucky to stay on the pitch, but third time in Watford, <laughs> in Watford's <laughs> second goal, he play he had a great run where he was just uh he almost looked like Pogba. He's really strong run through the midfield, um and then. Also, the goal by Ricardo Pereira looked was really good, and he's he's looked amazing. He's got he scored both. Roberto goals. Pereira. He scored both. I have down Roberto Pereira, which I wrote down specifically. Well, one because I thought he scored a great goal. Yeah. I think he'll be a really good player for them. And but he's also because where isn't Ricardo Ricardo Pereira is the Portuguese fullback for Leicester? Oh yeah, that's my but, mistake. Yeah, you're, you're good. I was Roberto just more Pereira. confirming that Didn't, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Pereira did score both. Can he score both goals? He's mm. scored multiple for them this season. I know. He I scored, scored, I think, both. three. Well, we no, were, I thought well, he scored both this Wait, past we, game. I'll yeah. update. I'll update it when editing. No, okay. I don't check okay, it out. Good. No worries. Um, I had one last. <laughs> I had one last comment on that game, which was Watford definitely. You know, despite who was it that should have got sent off? Adrian uh, Capu, fourth okay. times the term. <laughs> despite that, he maybe should have gotten sent off. I think Watford did play. The better game for sure. But Crystal they were, Palace, good. definitely. Crystal but in the last, had moments though. In the last fifteen minutes, you know, Zaha got his goal, and then in stoppage time, there Crystal Palace had a 
Oh, well, can't really have a walk-in oh, header, but yeah. the last Joe moment Ward. of the game, Ooh. I was like, I was like, after no, after playing Ward. worse, he really didn't increase his reason to play over Aaron Rambasaka by missing that chance. I think that a last-minute equalizer would yeah. have kind of upped his stock, if you will. Nobody on him, right in the center of this, like right up top of the six-yard box, inches wide. Right. Um, I, <clears throat> I think part of the big push that they had was they took Ben Teke off. Yeah, I, I was going to say crap. that. But, I mean, they don't have any other strikers worth anything. Well, I, guess I think Sorloth Sor- yeah. is good, but I really think Roy Hodgson should either play Ben Teke most of the games, keep him in for all 90 minutes, or play Sorloth, because I think Ben Teke kind of, it's kind of his time to shine in the towards the end of games, and I think he either, either needs to show full faith in him, or I guess no faith of him. He does the same thing as Penteke, and he's more has more confidence. He and he's go with him. also a lot younger. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Next up, we got uh, Southampton, Leicester City. Leicester with the two-one win on the road, looking good without Jamie Vardy. I don't know. You guys had some comments on this one. Southampton looks very poor, so it's good for Leicester to get a win. But yeah, I thought Damari Gray looked good again. He really, got a goal. Yeah, he got a goal. <clears throat> really looking forward to his season for Leicester. Definitely. Um, I thought the tweets from various Leicester players about um, Harry Maguire scoring, calling him slabhead, were yeah, funny. That was um, party. But I do agree that Southampton really didn't do me any favors with choosing to go down this year instead yeah, of last year. But that's all right. I think. I think I agree with you that they could be headed for relegation or at least a battle, but that's kind of how they've started the last couple seasons, they, so we'll they, see how it goes. They've got, they have so many strikers, but none of them are good at all. Yeah, except for Manolo Gavi. Yeah, but he's, I mean, he's, I think he's, I agree with you, I think he's kind of a quality player, but he hasn't done anything. And I think, I think they need to stop signing, like, kind of good player strikers or strikers that have had good seasons and they need to bring in someone for big money that will like mm-hmm. be the man that will be guaranteed to score 15 to 20 goals a season agreed anything else no i think we can jump into we had the last four matches that even though they do have some big names in them we're gonna kind of run through them real quick we have arsenal and west ham arsenal won three one they finally got their first one a season mm-hmm. yeah. i thought arsenal looked pretty good west ham had some great chances mm-hmm. didn't west ham Arnaut- score the first goal yeah arnautovic yeah. looked really good he looked, he i had, thought he looked all right it was a good finish but i think in general a, he shouldn't be playing at striker very nice goal I don't mm-hmm. know. I rate him, to be honest. I rate him, Felipe Anderson I looked really good. Yep, I have that down. I thought Felipe Anderson looked really lively. Good runs. Mm-hmm. and Welbeck screwed me over. I had 2-1 <laughs> Arsenal, and he, thanks to West Ham's poor defending, he scored in the, like, the 93rd minute. That's oh, Danny Welbs. One, one last thing. <laughs> it, about, I said Diop. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I, read your mind. I rate him, but he had mm-hmm. a really bad debut. Yeah. He scored an own goal, made some mistakes, and he just... He really lost a lot of confidence, I'm sure, in that game. And I think maybe one way for him to get some of that back is to play him in some of the smaller games mm-hmm. where he can have more success, kind of like uh, Basuma for Brighton. Both of them mm-hmm. got their debuts against Arsenal and Liverpool, which is really not a – in in theory, it's probably not going to be a great team to really get a great start to your career and or to your career for that club and boost your confidence. Agreed. Because um, you just won't be able to play super well, usually against big teams. I just have done poor Diop and then a big frowny face. So <laughs> I mean, he, he messed up a clearance and then had an own goal. And 
just pretty unlucky. I was hoping that I still am, frankly, hoping for just a reverse Leicester City from 2015-2016 and Arsenal go from the top and just get relegated to the South, to the championship, excuse me. Would be awesome. Well, Leicester City kind of coming out of nowhere to just win the whole thing. I think it'd be great if the same thing happened in reverse and like a top five club just like... Got relegated yeah, and just lost disappeared. all of their players. I would love that if Arsenal just got relegated. I don't think that relegated. would happen. That would no, I know, great, but, but did maybe, you think that... Maybe what were the real, odds on Leicester City winning that championship? Maybe like a 10th place team right, for like someone a, who's yeah. been in the Premier League for 10 years. Yeah, not to upset you, but like a Everton or maybe a Watford or... Watford, nah. Like, I don't, th- oh, I'm not, I don't think they will this year. I'm just I saying also a just, team like that would be much more likely. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it'd be quite as brilliant because a lot of people predict them to go down a lot. Agreed. All right. Moving on. Yeah, next up, Liverpool, Brighton. Liverpool still hasn't given up a goal yet. Captured all nine points. Only scored once at home, though, against Brighton. Brighton hasn't looked terrible. Did beat Man U. Yeah, I don't know. I think think Liverpool have looked great, but they definitely are not looking like a team that's never going to concede a goal. Uh, I think Allison looked great. He looked very adventurous with the dink, but he also... Very nearly lost the ball to Glenn Murray and uh, gave up a goal. Also, the defense has given away a few really good chances where he's made some great saves. I don't know. It sort of feels like this is a nervous City fan tearing down their potential title competition. I don't know. I don't think they looked amazing. I thought they played pretty well. Salah's back getting more goals. Mm -hmm. I think their defense will be fine throughout the season. Probably need to make a signing or maybe a signing in January in the defensive area, but... I mean, the only other thing I have to say about that is I like Allison as a keeper, but all of his fancy footwork and stuff, somebody does need to remind him that it's going to be raining about 60% of the time that they play games in England. Mm -hmm. You take one slip and uh, he's going to be on YouTube for that, so... He's going to pull a carious. Yeah, I mean, I think think it's fine that he does that, but I also don't think that every time he gets the ball, he should be trying to nutmeg the forward. Sure. Agreed. Uh, absolutely. Uh, next up, another big name with a super boring game is uh, Chelsea Newcastle. Chelsea one two one. Not too exciting as we talked about. I unfortunately watched this game. I don't know why I what kept on watching. Was it, that an early kickoff? It kind of. Uh, no. It, no, it was. It was, 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 was Saturday Sunday at ten. Oh, okay. Here, anyways. Um. Uh, yeah, so basically the only things that happened were 76th minute on, a terrible penalty given away by Newcastle. Um, Shar literally got the ball, like, very significantly. I think he clipped. His foot, like, went on top of the ball and stopped the ball, and yeah. then he clipped him. I think he would. To me, it looked like it was almost core strength that did him in. The way he had his legs kind of splayed up in the air like, through muscle, I think he... That's what caused him to catch Alonso, but... And then Hazard with a good penalty. Mm-hmm. Then DeAndre Yedlin. I personally didn't think it was... I don't think it was a foul where he elbowed Giroud because he kind of had a little bit of a peak, um, which I think got Kyle Walker sent off last season. I can't remember what game that was. That was but definitely a lot more vicious than the Yedlin on Yeah, Giroud. but I, I, I don't know. I thought it was... An elbow, but I don't really think he was looking for the ball. Right, and, and then it was a great ball in. And a, him. He was just that was his body motion. Yeah, he didn't move towards Giroud. Right. He was trying to shield the ball, and then right. it was a great ball in. Terrible defending. Nice little header by 
Hosolu, and then. But no matter what, karma's a karma is a big Karma. Yeah. Because he put that last one right the in. The definition so. of karma. I don't. I mean, probably Barkley would have tapped it in, but I right. don't know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, agreed. You never know. I also, last comment is uh, as an American soccer fan and as just somebody who likes to see people healthy, happy to see that Yedlin's like okay because I was a little bit worried after that week one injury. So, oh, yeah. Agreed. You know, happy to see he's running and fine. Mm-hmm. Um, last up, I think we probably have no words on this, just like there were no goals and no excitement, was uh, Huddersfield Cardiff City. So I got nothing. It was 0-0. It was super boring. Mm-hmm. If you guys have anything. Thanks, Cardiff City. Yeah, just glad to see Cardiff lose. They got knocked out today. Well, he didn't lose. They drew. But... Great to see him not win. I don't know. They're <laughs> playing pretty poorly. Hopefully they get relegated. Play bad today. Nothing awesome. Uh, that's going to wrap up the fixtures from week three. We're going to take a little bit of break. And we're going to come back, talk about the championship, and then quickly give our predictions for uh, week four. Insert Philadelphia cream cheese ad here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we're back, and uh, thank you again to Philadelphia Cream Cheese. But uh, we're going to quickly <laughs> jump into a championship check-in with Joe. He's going to tell us a little bit about Swansea, a little bit about everything else going on in the championship. Jump but in. mostly Swansea. Yeah, I don't really have a full – I'm not prepped for a full update today. But just for Swansea, um, played today in the midweek match against Crystal Palace for the uh, Carabao Cup or the League Cup. Ended up losing 1-0 which obviously is a bit of a bummer. Uh, we definitely don't have the team right now to make a deep cup run, so it's not the worst thing in the world for us. Um, as ever, feeling pretty down about it. Uh, talked to friend Andrew Wells about the team and definitely feel a little more reassured. Um, just trying to stay positive. Really, a lot of young players got to play today and showed a lot of talent. Jan Danda played great, for example. Had um, a good number of Swansea lads from Swansea playing, which is always good to see. Definitely need to sign a striker, maybe one or two other players on loan for that uh, period closes. Um, apparently we've been pretty heavily linked with a striker from Real Madrid Castile, which would be our second Castile player signed this summer, so that'd be something, I guess. Still not really what we need, but would be exciting. Um yeah, just trying to keep chin up. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Yeah, Cameron Carter-Vickers got signed, which will be good reinforcement at the back. American center back from Spurs on loan. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, <clears throat> and good upside, so no real complaints there. Just kind of hope to um, keep uh, keep performances upbeat, try to keep the fans on the side, and um, voicing uh, the displeasure to the, the board. And nothing else really to, new to report there. Um, I think next week I'll have a little more flushed out full championship check-in going into the international break. So, it should be good. Awesome. Then let's just jump right into our predictions for uh, week four. First up, we have uh, Leicester City and Liverpool at King Power Stadium. Joe, kick us off here. I've got that as a 2-2, just hoping for an interesting match. Yeah, I think Leicester have looked solid, lively, and like Michael said in his uh, earlier assessment of Liverpool, I do think they are... They definitely can give up goals. I don't think they look invincible by any means. So um, maybe a little slip up for Liverpool. Party uh, was only banned for one game, right? He'll be back, yeah. Uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, even still, I think they look, they look, Leicester looked fine. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out, especially since it's at Leicester. If it was at Liverpool, I'd probably have said oh, like, yeah. 3-1 Liverpool or something. Yeah. So, so it'll be 2-2 right now. I, I have 2-1 uh, Liverpool. 
uh, I, I think Liverpool will finally concede their first goal, probably from a counterattack. I think uh, a, I think this has been a not a classic fixture, but in the past few years there have been some pretty good uh, Western Liverpool games, especially at the King Power. Obviously, when they won the league, uh, Vardy scored an absolutely ridiculous goal oh, yeah. against Liverpool. Um, but that's kind of beside the point. I think, I think Leicester will play well, but Liverpool will just create too many chances, and Leicester won't get enough or won't get enough good ones. So I'm saying two on Liverpool. All right. What do you got, Theo? Uh, <coughs> I was thinking along the same lines as, as you, Joe. I, had a, yes. I actually had a one-one draw. I think Liverpool will drop some <gasps> points. Nice. But my thought process was more like a offside handball. <laughs> I thought more likely it was just that Liverpool is due to go ahead and drop some points. Right. But I but they haven't given up a single goal this year yet too. So mm-hmm. just figured I'd put a one one draw. All right. Next up, uh, Crystal Palace and Southampton at Selhurst Park. Mike, kick us off here. Yeah. Um. I think. I originally thought, like, oh, Southampton, they're kind of a good team. And then I remembered that this is 2018, and they actually are terrible. Um, I have 3-0 to Palace. I I think this will be pretty one-sided. I think either Benteke or Sorloth will get a goal finally. And I think Roy Hodgson has to start whoever scores of the two for the next at least two or three games. And I really think he needs – he seems – to me, he seems kind of, he doesn't really have in his mind, he doesn't think Benteke for sure or Soloth for sure, and I don't really think that's ever good. I think you need to have a number one striker. I mean, obviously, it's good to have two good strikers, but mm-hmm. yeah, I have 3 0 no Palace. Nice. I've got 3 1 Palace for that. Awesome. I have the same. I got 3 1 Palace. Uh, next up, Everton Huddersfield at Goodison Park. No Richarlison. There's a 2-0 Everton win. Left or right card? No, Charleston, no problem. I have 3-0 Everton. I got 2-0 as well. Nice, nice. Uh, Brighton and Fulham at Fulmer Stadium. Let's see what Joe's got on that. (laughs) He loves Brighton and Fulham. I've got that as a 2-0 Fulham win. I have have, uh, 3-2 to Fulham. I think that'll be a good match. I think Fulham will be... Really good attacking, and Brighton will have a few interesting counterattacks, maybe with uh, with either with Jurgen Lokadia. I hope he plays. Did he start? No, he I, I, he hasn't really started at all since joining them, and I think I think it, I think time, I think it's kind of I think it's kind of time for Glenn Murray to take the super sub role because mm-hmm. I just don't think he can be getting and making chances for 90 minutes, and I think he's a better come on when you're down one goal and whip it into him. Is he still player. on trial or, like, have charges outstanding for tax evasion? Glenn, Glenn Murray? Murray? I thought it was Glenn Murray and his know. wife had charges for tax evasion or something. Really random. Something. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'll look it up, and if it's not true, I'll edit this part out. Cool. I actually, uh... <laughs> Glad you think uh, editing is cool, because it is. I uh, <laughs> I have jumped on the Fulham bandwagon as well, but I actually have Brighton getting the three points here. I got a mm. 2-1 to Brighton. I know beating Manchester United no longer seems to be a bright spot on your resume because Man U looks weak, but they did get that win, and uh, 
last week they also looked fine, only conceding one goal to Liverpool yeah. at Anfield. So and they were they they kind of did what they were trying to do, uh, going like for Brighton teams like Brighton, their kind of goal against big teams is to just stay in the game until maybe the last fifteen or twenty minutes, and then they try and nick a goal and get a draw or maybe even three points. Mm-hmm. One quick conspiracy theory. Theo has an advantage for a result table because he reads his results out last. So he can specifically oh, choose I results want to read, differently I want than to read mine Michael. first because I don't oh, like having right. to repeat that I <laughs> okay. have the same numbers as somebody else. <laughs> okay, all right. I like sometimes change mine. I think Joe's just making excuses. I'm just trying to make excuses because I'm last. Yeah, right. that's all. Well, well, the reason why I, right, you, I feel bad when I read the same numbers as you, and I oh. feel happier when I read the same numbers as Mike. <laughs> all right. Well, what do, what do you? What's next? So what do you have for? I'll me? read mine first. Next up, we've got uh, Chelsea and Bournemouth at Stamford Bridge. Back in the posh part of London, I think all things are, uh, all the grass is green out there. It should be a 3-1 win, even though Bournemouth look good. Actually, yeah. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, now he's changing his picks because no. he doesn't have my beautiful answers <laughs> to copy. All right, you know what? Okay. I am going to change it. It's okay. going to be 2-1. That's exactly what I've written on my paper, so I'm going to leave it at that. Okay, 2-1. I've got a 2-0 Chelsea win. Michael? I was very concerned that... I would be the one who seemed to be copying people because I had 3-1 Chelsea. Nice. So, 3-1 Chelsea. All right. Uh, Down to the second half of the uh, game. So, we have West Ham and Wolves at London Stadium. Another London match. I've got that as a 3-1 win for Wolves away from home. Dang it. Yes. Michael, what do you have? Uh, No changing. (laughs) None of this changing picks. I'm kidding. I have a 3-1 win to Wolves. I don't think West Ham are that good of a team, to be entirely honest. I think that that you guys are probably more likely to be right, but I have that this is going to be a 1-1 draw. West Ham look crap, and seasons are full of peaks and valleys, and at some point, West Ham are going to go play one or two decent games okay, and they can pull off a point. I was very concerned you were going to say 3-1 to Wolves and no, we would all th- have the same result. I think that yours is more likely to happen, but I think this then is going to... Joe's? No, I just think that uh, oh, really? at, My three at some point West Ham are going to get squeak out a point. But yeah. Uh, next up, City and Newcastle at the Etihad. I think this one might be a, a runaway, but... Let's see well, what, what do you, you guys think the score think? will be then, Theo? I have four. Sorry. Now I'm just jumping in. No, first. sure. I okay, I have 4 1 down. I have 4 1 down. What oh, do you have, Theo? Sh- <laughs> I have 4 1 down. Oh, copycat! I have 4 0 down. Oh, all right, wow. there we go. So we're all oh. biased there, I guess. I don't know. I'm feeling like <laughs> City's a strong enough side that they're going to bounce back from a draw with, in a big way. So yeah. I think we all think that. All right. Um, next up, Cardiff City and Arsenal at. At the appropriately named Cardiff City Stadium. That everyone, was a mouth fart. Everyone, that's why it was not edited out of the podcast. <laughs> Go on, Theo. Everyone in this room's favorite team, Cardiff City. Woo! And, uh, that will be edited out as I peaked and the volume was too much. I've got... Uh, I wanted to put 3-0, but I, but I put 3-1. Hopefully the Cardiff City fans can have a brief <laughs> smile for like all of five seconds before they get trounced. Michael? Are, are, you scare me so many times. I thought you were going to say I wanted to put 3-0, but I'm going to say 4-0, because I said 4-0 to oh, Arsenal. Damn. I put 2-0 to Arsenal. I think I don't like Arsenal as much as you guys, I guess. Well, I don't I like, like Arsenal either. I, 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 I still want Arsenal Cardiff, to be... I, like, I dislike Cardiff more than I like Arsenal. 
Yeah. I want Arsenal to take <clears throat> Chelsea's spot, or not Chelsea, Swansea's spot in the championship next year. Thank anyway, you. Watford versus Tottenham at Vicarage Road. I think that'll be an interesting game. What do you so I'm going to say 2-1 to Tottenham, <laughs> although I really think Watford have looked amazing so far. Obviously, haven't dro- haven't dropped a point. Um, Roberto Pereira has played superbly well, but I think I think Tottenham is just too much, to be honest. To, I think they're too much to handle over 90 minutes. Uh, but they are playing away, and you never know. I'm going to say 2-1 mm. Tottenham, though. I was going to change mine, but I'm sticking with it with a 3-1 Tottenham win. Uh, this one's interesting because both te- or one of these teams has to drop. Yeah, Someone who's going to copy both of our predictions. <laughs> Actually, I don't have what either of you guys have. Both of these, both of these, or one of these teams has to drop points because obviously both teams can't win, so they can't both stay undefeated. But I've got two two to two? keep them level on the mm. points on the points table right there. Waffle so I got a two two at Watford. <laughs> All right, and yeah. uh, um, final game of the week, a gorgeous. Game of two crap teams right now, Burnley and Man U. <laughs> I also put two two in this, which is going to be just meh. It's at Turf Moor, by the way. Ooh, I have an even better one that'll make United fans even more mad. I'm gonna say nil nil. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got one one. Prepare right. to be bored. So we all said draws for that one. Yeah, uh, but I'm not even gonna give either team a goal. Savagery. This is one. This is one that <laughs> I. That, like, if it's possible for me to watch games at work, which it never really is, I try on Monday. But (gasps) this game is, like... definitely not worth it. Yeah, this one is one that I'll happily just wait until I go home and I can watch highlights for two minutes on the bus. That's fine with me. The title for this episode should be Theo Reveals His Deepest Secret, Watching Games at Work. I didn't say I I neither confirmed nor denied that I watched games. That's true. Don't usually have time. <laughs> um, all right. Michael, do you want to give us a quick rundown of the standings of the table, and we'll call this one Dunzo? Yeah, so obviously this isn't the actual Premier League table, but this is our predictions table where you get two points for a correct uh, correct score and winner and then one point for the correct winner. Or if it's a draw and you predict a draw, then you get a point as well. So... Um, Theo, or Joe, is at the bottom of the table currently. He had mm. seven points in week two, and he got five points in week three, putting Solid him at 12. a total at 12. Theo is moving up. He's at he's in second right now with six points in week two and seven in week three, so he's at 13. And um, Michael is kind of running away with it. He's... <laughs> you can say, I'm, it's you. Person. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I had... is dominating this league. <laughs> I, had, I had seven points um, week two and ten points in week three. Nice. There we go. I had one last question quickly before we wrap up. I know it's, Ooh, we're running a little bit long. question. Basically, there's four teams that haven't dropped a point yet, and I wanted oh, to nice. ask the simple question of, Obviously, two of them are playing each other, but which team do you think is the most likely to drop points? Watford's at home against the Tottenham, against Tottenham, and I know you both said Tottenham's going to win, but so know. Liverpool, Watford Chelsea, Tottenham, and Watford. Yeah, so obviously one of those two teams on the bottom has to drop points. Uh, yeah, so I'd say Watford, Watford. If you Liverpool, had to rank those teams, Watford, in Liverpool. Watford, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea. Chelsea oh, is the least say- likely because they're ho- they're at home. I'd say Watford, Spurs, Liverpool, Chelsea, because 
Obviously, could draw. either Watford or Spurs, one of them has to drop okay. points. Yeah, okay, mathematically, that I mean, I just meant. Well, I'm a mathematical type of guy. Well, oh, but if you, think the ta- right, if you think the ta- if you think the Tottenham's definitely gonna win, then Watford would be one and Tottenham would be four. All right, that's a good spot for us to wrap it up here. We talked about all these games. We'll we'll jump back into our tables next week. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you then. Thanks. Peace.